0: What's up, everybody? This is Josh Barnett with Think On These Things, back again with my boy Noah Tice. Yo, yo. We're excited about today. We're going to be doing part three of Knowing the Word. Part one, we talked about knowing the capital W word, which is Jesus. We talked about stewarding that flame, living in relationship with him. That was Paul's first advice to Timothy in his last letter to him, Second, Timothy, about fanning that flame. So we talked about what that looks like. And developing that secret place relationship with him. It's that's our number one most important thing is to know the word, to know Christ, to live in fellowship with him, to abide in him, to remain in him. And number two was to know his words. Know his words. You cannot separate the word, capital W Jesus, from his words, from what he said. You can't separate the man from the message. Even the words that we don't like. We look Paul goes on in 2 Timothy 3 that all scripture is God breathed, it's useful for teaching. Uh, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we talked a ton about uh, knowing Scripture, about knowing the truth, about standing on truth, about a uh, about the word, the words, the Bible being God' authority, right? Being yeah. uh, breathed out by Him through uh, men that wrote it. And, uh, and then we looked at, you know, it's not about what Scripture means to me, it's about what does Scripture mean? What was the original meaning? What was God trying to say? And now in part three, we want to talk about, we know the Word, we know His words. Why do we know them? These are, this is kind of our last couple points here, 3, 4 and 5. We've actually got. Number 3 is we know the word and his words so that we can be like the word, so that we can be like him and so that we can be like the word of God, you know, when we read scripture. You no, know, I oftentimes want to read it like I'm looking in a mirror. I want it to cut me. I want it to sharpen me. Mm-hmm. I want it to shape me. Mm-hmm. I want to walk in holiness, right? If you're abiding and remaining in him, you want to do what he has commanded you to do. And we see what he has commanded us to do you know, number one through scripture. And really that's how we even learn like his language, which we'll talk about in number four. But really today, just like we want to we want to be like him. We want to walk in holiness. We want to walk in character. Um, Paul tells Timothy, we keep going back to Timothy in these, but uh, just because he gave him such great advice and all of this, but first Timothy 4.16 says, keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So this is not, you know, we don't only just want to like know him and know his words and like walk these out just for our sake, but also for the sake of others. So we want mm-hmm. to walk in holiness. We want to walk in character. James one twenty two, which is a huge, uh, huge, like Donald Trump, Donald Trump there. <laughs> uh, James one twenty two is a big scripture around our ministry is that we're supposed to be doers of the word right? We're not hearers only. Uh, James says that if you're only a hearer, you don't do what it says, you're deceiving yourself. He goes on to say that it's like looking in the mirror and then immediately forgetting what you look like. And so you know, we are looking at this law, we are looking at this word, and we are wanting to be like this word. We are wanting to do what the word tells us to do, what Jesus tells us to do through his scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Um, Ephesians 5 is one of my favorite ones. Ephesians 5 says, "...Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children." That's crazy. That's like a that's intense to me. That first those first two words. A lot of
1: responsibility too,
0: right? Imitate God, (laughs) like be like God, walk like, talk like, act like Jesus. So that like this is this is huge. God cares about our character, right? He cares about the way that we behave. He cares about our holiness. And a lot of people hear this, like you you start talking about the way that Christians are supposed to behave, and they they immediately their brain goes to legalism, you know. But oftentimes the people that I find that get caught up in like, that sounds, you know, you start talking about doing what Jesus commanded the people who cry legalism oftentimes are the ones who just, they really, a lot of times they want to hang on to their sin. You know, they want to hang on to the way they're disobeying him. But like the true heart of a believer is like, God, I want to do what you tell me to do. I want to do what your word says. I want to be like your word. Um, you know, great grace isn't a license to sin. I actually think, uh, or actually scripture teaches that grace empowers us to obey him, you know? And it's because like, you know, Noah, those who the in the Old Testament living under the law, like it was, it was do not commit adultery. But then Jesus came and says, like, don't even look at a woman with lust. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Jesus kind of raises the standard there, but it's yeah. because he knew that by his grace, by the Holy Spirit's power, that we were actually gonna be able to walk mm-hmm. like that, right? And so like the adultery obviously is the outward manifestation of what's going on in our heart. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was trying to get to the heart of the issue, right? Yeah. Reversing the, the curse, man. Yeah. Yeah. The law says don't murder. Jesus says don't be angry. It's like, why? Because the, the root of that murder, the root of that outward behavior was the heart behavior, right? Mm-hmm. It's because I was I'm angry with yeah. someone.
1: Well, now we can cast off, you know. We were once obligated to the flesh, but now we can cast off our sinful nature, like it says in Ephesians 4. Yeah. But the only way that's possible is through the Holy Spirit. That's so good. But it's through the Holy Spirit that we know the Son. That's Just like it's through the Son that we know
0: the Father, so. It's so good. And I think, and the law's good. Like, the law's not bad. The law just shows where we're evil, right? It, like, reveals our sin. And uh, Paul even kind of compares the law to, it was like a babysitter before the Holy Spirit got here, right? And so you think about little children, and you think about, you know, you got to gate them in. You know, yeah. so they can't get out of certain boundaries, like right, and it's for their own safety, for their own good. Right. Even though it frustrates them, even though they they you know they'll break out and you know do what they want to do because kids are kids. But it's uh, but but as we grow and mature, right, that becomes a uh, they do the right thing because it's the right thing, right? Mm. You know, they they understand what hurts them now. They understand like I can't stick this knife into. A light socket, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, I can uh, or an electrical outlet, and so it's like they. I understand I can't run out into the street because I'm going to die, right? And so the law oftentimes was that, you know, keeping you in was keeping the children of Israel like in those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, now with the Holy Spirit, the law is written on our hearts, right? And so we live under the spirit. We live under the 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 law of the spirit now, and so like I do those things. I don't, you know, I don't murder. I don't commit adultery. I don't look on a woman with lust. I don't do those things because. I want to obey him mm-hmm. because I love him. I'm, he's changed and transformed my heart. And
1: it's also, I think, one of the reasons why that standard is now with with Christ put into place, like you were saying, is because it's now possible. Where before we were obligated to our flesh, before we were obligated. Right. Or we were yeah, obligated, meaning forced, meaning you couldn't even yeah. that standard would have been absolutely impossible. I think
0: Romans six says we were slaves to right. our, our, so, our sin nature.
1: And so now when you put that trust in your faith in Christ, you're putting trust and faith into the, um, well, honestly, into the Holy Spirit. It's like you're basically coming into the conscious belief that this grace is enough for you Yeah, in a way. It's like an identity thing.
0: So. That's great. So I I love how Paul says that, you know, imitate, therefore, in everything you do. Imitate God because you are his children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So we're supposed to follow the example that Jesus set for us, right? You know, it's not that I'm following Peter. You know, I'm not trying to be like the disciples. I'm my goal is to be like Jesus, and and he, you know, to understand as a believer, he empowers me to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't just God never asks us to do something that He's not going to empower us to do, Mm -hmm. and so He empowers me to walk in this obedience, right? Um, and I, I think about these words, I think imitate, I think about like, um, you know, I think about Simon Says or I think about like a mime, like copying someone yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how do you do that? It's like, you have to watch them, right? You have right. to, we used to play this game in youth group called Do This, Do That. And it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, do this, <laughs> do this, do this, do this, do this. Simon it was like,
1: Says, but it's way more intense. Yeah. yeah, and
0: so you had to do what the person was saying to do, but if you don't have your eyes on them, you're not going to be able to do it. And to me, that is what obedience to Christ looks like. As, I, as I'm looking at Him, I can see what He's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with Jesus, right? He lived in the relationship with the Father, and He says, I don't do anything I don't see the Father doing, which yeah. is super cool. Yeah. And so I don't I don't say anything that I don't hear the Father saying. And so we we have the example of Christ, who was full of the Spirit, who was following what the Father told Him to do. And so now... Paul says the same thing here. He's like, you, you know, do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's possible for you. And as Christians and believers, like, we're we are called to holiness. It's not legalism. Legalism is like, I'm striving, you know, to get something from God. I'm striving to earn his love, to earn his affection, to uh earn relationship with him. And lawlessness would be on the other side where it's like, well, because Jesus forgave me, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And it's like there is a, there's oh, there's a highway in the middle of those called, ho- called holiness, right? And so we get to live in holiness, and it's rooted on the foundation of abiding. It's rooted on the, re- the, the foundation of remaining in Him. It's it's rooted on the foundation of relationship with Him. And so when I live in relationship with Him, I walk in holiness, right? And mm-hmm. so I that it's the goodness of God that leadeth to remit- repentance. It's like we love because He first loved us. And so when that revelation hits my heart, that empowers me to walk like he walked. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and really like I can see whenever I start dipping into, uh, whenever I start dipping into temptation, it's because I'm not abiding. I'm not remaining. I I have, uh, I have compromised in our point one here, our our episode one of knowing the word where I'm not living in relationship with him. And so I want, I do want to say like all of these points here, they all, they all go back to, episode 1 where it's like mm-hmm. it's grounded and rooted in him. That's where my holy behavior is rooted. It's rooted in in who he says that I am. When that revelation hits my heart of, "Oh my gosh, I'm forgiven. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've been washed clean. Oh my gosh, I'm been made new." Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Not based on any my behavior, not based on my merit, but because just because he loves me. What? Like are you kidding me? And then that's like that makes me want to run to him.
1: You you used a word in there. You said when the revelation hits my heart. Yeah. And so I'm just immediately went back to thinking, man, I've been, I've, I've been raised in church. I've been raised in a Christian home, but why was it that the revelation, the, the revelation and, and multiple revelations, not just the revelation of the gospel and the good news, but just the rev- like revelations in general, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I've been in this. It has been my life. The Christian walk, I has been all encompassing around me for my entire life. But even now, you know, there are revelations that I'm just now getting. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what I'm talking about when I say, in order to know the son, you have to know the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the spirit of truth, which is what we talked about, like when one of the first episodes, it's like, and so it's the, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not raising your hands in church. It's not you know, all these things. Again, everything that we've talked about before. Yeah, he's God. He is God. He is, It is a person, and it is the manifestation of God with us. Mm-hmm. And what happens when we read the Word is like we come into seasons and in growth and maturity in life, and the Lord walks us through crucibles and valleys, and in this, he prepares our minds and our hearts to receive revelation. And revelation, in my opinion, in my words – is when truth manifests itself as the truth in your everyday life. When, when it is on earth as it is in heaven. When that when you get that revelation of like, oh my gosh, this is the way. Right. This is God. This is the way. The truth in the life, and it reveals itself as the only way to be mm-hmm. true. Um, and. And so when you understand these revelations, it, it makes sense. You can read it and read it and read it and read it, but then all of a sudden it clicks. the truth meets your reality, mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. this is true. This is a revelation. And it's through those, those times where, like, you understand the sun more. You get to know and, and get – and then all of a sudden when you have the revelation, it's like the roadmap has been built to be like yeah. the Word, to be like the sun. And my, uh, i I know I'm talking a lot, but my recently, no, it's good. The revelation that I've had is, in order to know, uh, in order to want more of the Son, you have to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. But the oh, problem yeah. is, is that there are areas in our life where we are impeding the Holy Spirit from injecting us with the truth that creates this revelation. Yeah, Scripture makes it clear. Right, we makes it real clear. We can offend Him, right. we bring Him and grief. And so yeah. I'm just, don't grieve the Spirit. As it says in Ephesians 4, uh, it says, uh, Ephesians 4, 30, it's don't grieve the Spirit. And then it goes on to say, therefore, don't be bitter, don't be filled with rage, don't be angry, don't slander, as if to say that there are certain areas in our hearts where we haven't forgiven or where we haven't, you know, allow the spirit to enter in where we have our pride has put up walls and that has impeded the spirit from giving us the further revelation to those areas of our life of who God is and how he can radically change even the smallest parts of our life. Mm-hmm. And that smallest hurt or that big wound over there, you know, it's good. And, um, and so recently that's the revelation that's been laid on my heart li- literally within the last like two weeks. That's good. And so everything you're saying is like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's just on me being like, Find let let me find what offends right, me, right? Like David said in Psalms yeah. um, one thirty or whatever it was. Yeah. But let me find what offends me. I'm like, do it, Lord, because yeah. I want to know the Word. I want to be like the Word, and That's the only it. way to do that is to uh, is to examine yourself and expel the things that offend the Spirit and allow it to come in and just r- wreck you, yeah. as they say in the charismatic world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked that. by the Spirit, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. But in, yeah, dude, inviting him into those spaces, like, Lord, what offends you? And then when he puts his hands on things that you're like, oh, I don't know if I want you to take that. Like, he's he's Lord, right? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is our Lord. He is the Lord on the inside of us. And so he is going to ask us to lay some things down that sometimes is going to offend us. You know, sometimes it's going to be like, oh, I don't want to lay that down. It's like, well, that's a... That's a good indication that that's probably an idol, mm-hmm. and so you know when he comes and puts his hands on things, it's like okay, I got I I have to turn that over because he the Lord is so good, you know because I, he he never gives without exchange right he never takes something without giving something in return, and so it's like give me that idol and I'm going to give you more myself mm-hmm. right and so you you just sink into deeper revelation of how much he loves you. And one it, of the uh,
1: one of the most powerful prayers of healing that I prayed for myself was. Lord you know I forgive this person for this I you know or whatever it is and then I went into I and then I said you know I repent repent for how I responded outside of your spirit and then praying Lord I give you this forgiveness hmm. and then I give you this repentance and it might sound selfish but it's the it is also a walking into like the the revelation that the Lord is faithful to his promises it's almost a step of faith the next thing I prayed was what will you give me in return yeah for the this for the unforgiveness and the repentance of that that i'm giving you because he's faithful to his promise and so you're actually walking in faith and laying down your pride and being like so lord what do you seek to give me in return for laying down my flesh in this way um and at first i was you know when i even heard that i was like ah, that sounds a little for like sure like poor Selfish? emotive. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but then I got to you know, it took a lot of pride to say that. It sure. took or it took a lot of humility to say that, laying down the pride and stepping to faith to know that the way I want to respond mm-hmm. is nothing compared to how the Lord wants me to respond. Right. And so it's basically a laying down of my flesh and a stepping into the spirit of like, okay, I'm gonna do this your way. Right. You know? So
0: yeah. That's good. <laughs> I man. just kinda went all oh, around. I love him, it. I love it. It's good. It's but it, it's Dude, all of that is so, like, life-changing and life-forming, like, it, mm-hmm. to, to really make that your heart cry of, like, God, I want to live like you. I want to—I I really do. I want to obey you. I want to become more holy. I want to become more set apart.
1: Stepping in the faith just like the way that you do it is Dude, better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so good, man. And and, and that's got to be to be the believer's heart. I, I You know, I, I, I think A.W. Tozer said it, but he said the Holy Spirit never comes into a man and lets him live like the world. And so yeah. like that, the Holy Spirit comes and and he convicts, you know, but we quench the spirit by continuing to say, no, I'm going to mm-hmm. do what I want to do. I'm not going to listen to your lordship. I'm not going to listen to what you want to tell me, you know, and we can honestly, we can still go to heaven. You still go to heaven when you die. Like you can disobey what the Holy Spirit tells you to do and still go to heaven because you have put your faith in in Jesus and you believe that he's the son of God and like you, but you can still live in, you know, sickle, you're missing out. Like you can still live in a cycle sin pattern. Yeah. And, uh, but that's not God's plan for you. You know, you're missing out on that heaven. You're missing out on that exchange. You're missing out on like, he wants to give more of himself to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like to, to obey him, to walk in obedience is huge. Right. And uh, you know, John, John 15, like you abide in me, you you remain in me. Uh, If you do, if you do what I command, like you show me that you're my friend, you show me Mm -hmm. that you love me. And that's the whole deal. It's like when you, you know, it's the whole cycle of like, obey to abide, abide to obey. Because when we do obey, it's not that we're striving. It's not that we're earning, but like God always rewards obedience. He does. He rewards obedience. And oftentimes he rewards it with more of his love, more of his presence, Mm -hmm. more of himself. Like we inherit deeper revelation greater yeah. intimacy with him, which is, which is incredible. And so it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to earn it. I like, I, I can receive it, but like, as I obey, as I walk with him, and that's the whole deal is where he's like, you know, if you love me, you'll obey me. And it's like, yeah, like if you are loving him, you'll want to obey him. Mm-hmm. You'll continue in that love. And it's just the cycle of obedience and abiding yeah. and obedience. And, and you abiding.
1: use the word inherit, you know, and like an yeah. inheritance is something that's regardless of who you are, it's by bloodline that you in, inherit, right? And Come so on. it's like when you obey the systematic reality of truth and the systems that God has put in place, you inherit the benefits of it. It's yeah. not like God's saying, you did this, so now I'm rewarding you. It's right. like, actually, when you just follow this path, yeah. guess what? It works. Yeah. And so it's not like he's saying, okay, this was a good trade. It's like, no, I've already set the, the plan in place. Right. And so, by you doing this, I promise you yeah. that because it's already systematic. Right. When you do this, you will reap this. Right. Uh, it, it makes it. It's not like um, he's out there looking down on you, being like, "Is that a worthy trade? Right. Am I getting what my piece out right. of it? He's already set the plan in place. Yeah. He's given you a spirit for yeah. free."
0: To accomplish that it's available to us. This is Hebrews 4, man. Like the, yeah. the children of Israel were unable to inherit the promised land because they couldn't enter into the rest of what God had already done for them. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a whole yeah. theme of Hebrews yeah. four. And and how many times did God tell the children of Israel, this isn't, this is the land I have given you. It is yours. You just have to reach out and take it. You just have to trust. And it's the same with us today. This is the land. This is Beulah land. This is heaven. That is your inheritance. Mm -hmm. You just have to receive it from me. And so oftentimes we still say like, nope, that's not possible. I've got to earn it. I've got to try to get there. The spirit of religion.
1: And that's the spirit of religion on you when you hear, if you don't abide then you're not showing God that you love him because you're not obeying. It's the spirit of religion that's telling you yeah. that because it's it's basically you have this idea that God's looking down on you being like,
0: okay, if you do this, I'll do this. Right. And it's like, nah, it's like. It's him. He's opened the door, bro. He's like, come through. Right. Walked it's like, hey, you can go yeah.
1: this door. It's open. It's like, there's flowers over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come, look, come it's take a rest. A, man, it's open, dude. Yeah. No, for sure and that's dude to me all of this everything we're talking about this is the key to holiness this is the key to walking like him this is the key to intimacy and so many christians miss out on that and they try to white knuckle themselves into obedience and it's like you're not going to it's you're not going to get it by trying harder like right. yeah there there is a standard it's a very high standard for believers but we're going to get it through knowing him knowing what he says and then walking it out but mm-hmm. it's like it's in this relationship that we're able to do it but there is like Christians have to know and we have to this has come goes back to point number 2 we've got to know scripture we've got to know what he says you know if we don't know what he right. says then right. we fashion right. a god in our own image and so we do live in lawlessness or we do live in legalism if we don't know his words, Mm -hmm. you know, but as believers, like we do have to understand, like there is a higher standard for us and God puts spiritual authority in our life oftentimes to show us that higher standard, to teach us that higher standard. And that's why I love what he tells Timothy is like, you better watch your life because it's not just you. It's also those that follow you. And so we, as believers, like we've got to know, like people are going to follow us, you know, people are going to, you're, whether you like it or not, you're probably going to be some sort of leader because you're called to share the gospel with people. So there are we are we are all called to make disciples. You know, to a certain mm. extent, we're all called to make disciples, and we've got to know. Like w- one thing I love, I heard uh, I think Landon shot from uh, Mercy Culture say at one time like, "What you do in moderation, your followers will do in excess." You know, and that's why Paul is constantly telling Timothy, "Watch your life, examine yourself, bro," because mm. they're going to do what you do. You know. Um, you know, if you watch it, they're going to watch worse. If you listen to it, they're going to listen to worse. If you, mm-hmm. you know, people will use you as an excuse for their idol. They'll use you for an excuse of your sin. You know, if you drink it, they're going to drink it more. You know, if you mm-hmm. smoke it, they're going to smoke it more. And that's not like a, that's not like a, a legalism thing, but ultimately a spiritual principle because the way that your spiritual authority walks is oftentimes that you're going to you're going to walk in more of that, and that mm-hmm. can be positive or negative. Yeah,
1: it's like there's a there there's like a baseline. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like there's a baseline level yeah. of <laughs> I don't want to say like holiness, but maturity. If that makes sense, oh, yeah. it's like there's just a deeper revelation there, and yeah. so yeah,
0: I, I I I get what you're saying. People will use they'll, and I've done it before. You'll yeah. use your leadership as a justification for sin.
1: Have you experienced on the other end with you being a spiritual leader? Oh in other yeah, lives? absolutely. It's like that's oh for sure, a revelation that's proven yeah, true. Yeah,
0: you know it, whether it's a. Uh, whether it's a movie that I watch or music that I listen to or whatever, like I see, oh, like, oh, Josh listens to it. So I'm going to listen to, you yeah. know, I'm going to listen to worse. And I, and a lot of it, dude, is Christian liberty that people abuse.
1: Yeah. You know, we
0: abuse our Christian liberty. Um, that's do, an interesting phrase. I don't know I, if I've ever heard that. Christian liberty is, uh, we have liberty in Christ. There right. are, that's why Paul says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And Paul's showing us, like, everything mm-hmm. is everything's permissible, but it's not good for me. Right, there are things that lead to death, there are things that, um, there you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God, but there are things that will, you know, cause a lot of life to be hell on earth here and keep us from what we're talking about is like that inheritance of heaven on earth, right? And so, um, yeah, everything. So, do we have liberty in Christ? Yes, but we also have wisdom, right? You know what I mean. Well, also,
1: I think even more so. It's like, do we have we have do we have liberty in Christ? As if to say, like, um, you know, like, can we watch that rated R movie, like The Patriot? Is that going to keep you from going to hell? Yeah, is that we're going from going to heaven and send you to hell? No, but it's like, yes, we can. But also, guess what? We we have a lot more fulfillment with the Holy Spirit as well. It's like just like you're saying, we have liberty. What was the thing that you said just a second ago? You said, We have liberty. Well, we also have wisdom. But we also have wisdom. It's like, Well, you have liberty, but you also have an avenue over here that's way more fulfilling, anyway.
0: And that's why Paul said, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And he says, I refuse to be mastered by anything. Mm. Right? So even things that aren't necessarily bad are going to send you to hell, they can still become your master. Like, take, for example, like social media or your phone. How often times are, ma- yeah, oh, are we mastered even by food? Like that's why fasting yeah. oftentimes is good for us because it says like, no, food is not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Mm-hmm. My phone is not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And so that's why, you know, um, any, and that's why even James goes into, Hey, a lot of you shouldn't seek to be, to be teachers because you're going to be held to a higher standard because of the people that follow you. Right. And so right, it's like, right, right. there is a standard of Christianity. There are things that were, that's the whole, like the whole sermon on the Mount is Jesus teaching people how to live. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, like, don't tell me, you know, Jesus, you know, he forgave me so I can do whatever I want. It's like, no, like he's, he's showing us in the Sermon on the Mount, like, hey, I'm after your heart. I'm trying to transform you. I'm trying to transform your life because it's not only going to be beneficial for you, but it's going to be beneficial for those around us. And ultimately, no, to me, this all comes back to Christian obedience to me, like obeying what God says comes back to design, right? He's the designer of life. He... Mm -hmm. Created life to work a certain way. Why would I want to buck against the design? Right. right. Why would I want to, to right. say like to point at the designer and say, you know what I'm talking about? I'm gonna do whatever I want. It's like, well, he, he loves us so much that he says, okay, right. Mm-hmm. That's Romans 1, right? Yeah. He loves us so much that he will turn us, he'll he turns us over to the, but it, <laughs> you know, that leads to a lot of destruction. We got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I want to. I want to live the fullest life that God has for me. And yeah. that's going to come through me being obedient to his word, saying, you're my Lord. You're my master. I'm not going to be a slave to my sin nature, my flesh. I'm going to be a slave to righteousness. So the New mm. Testament, just you know, for everybody listening out there, if you don't know this, but the New Testament calls Jesus Savior 25 times, and it calls him Lord over 600 times. And so like, right. So like we are to, you know, we're supposed to follow him. Right. And again, it's not this legalism thing. It's not this like trying harder thing. It's this like, I get, I'm walking with him. And even when I blow it, right. Even when I blow it, that there's still redemption there, there's still forgiveness there. And oftentimes where believers were even in my own life, I've seen like if there's something that I am refusing to give up or I have an excuse of why I want to keep it, oftentimes it's an idol. Mm-hmm. So, and and I've seen this too as just being a leader in people's lives is, um, if it's if I'm being mastered by something, then those that follow me are also going to be mastered by it. There's like this principle of spiritual authority, right? Mm-hmm. That the oil flows from the beer. From it's the, true, from the head man. Because like
1: it's almost like that principle behind like generational curses mm-hmm. also applies in a lot of ways to the genealogy of like of like your spiritual like your disciples, right. if that makes sense. Like your spiritual spiritual sons and whatnot. That's definitely something that I've even experienced to be true as well. But it, it gives me like a tenacity to want to right because all of a sudden it's like.
0: Oh, it's not just about me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the fruits right there in front I of you. I think that's what Paul was trying to stress to Timothy too. Is that yeah. hey man, this isn't just about you. It's about the people that are looking up to you. And yeah. I and and honestly, I think I I think we see this principle, Noah, in Matthew 16, where Jesus says, like, you know, who do you say that I am? Right. And Peter gets mm-hmm. the revelation. He got the revelation from the Father of you're mm-hmm. the Christ. You're the son of the, you're the son of God. And um, blessed are you, son of Marjorie. Because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. Um, on this rock, on this rock, I will build my church, right? On this revelation that you got, Peter. But then he also tells Peter, like, as the church, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. I think, number one, this is teaching us that um, the church is built on the revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm-hmm. But then number two is like there is a, there's a principle here that God gives Peter, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so like if there is something that is that that needs that is not bound in my own life, there's a spiritual impartation that takes place where it's not going to be bound in the lives of those that follow me either. Right. Mm. And there's this and there's this supernatural authority that God begins to when I bind something in my own life, then there's this impartation that can take place from me to those that follow me. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, and yeah. So it's like, if I bind lust in my own life, God is going to cause me to walk in a supernatural authority where I then can help those that follow me to also true. bind lust. That's true. So if if, if this like goes back to, like, I cannot ask people to do something that I'm not doing. Right. I... I will have no spiritual authority in the lives of those that follow me. There'll be no importation, no transfer of authority if I have not overcome it myself. Mm-hmm. And dude, you can see this. I feel like you see this in, in churches all over. And th- that we've seen this throughout history is like whenever a pastor is living in affair or living in sexual sin or whatever, like you see it run rampant oftentimes in his church because he has not bound it, right? Mm. How do you plunder a house? You bind up the strong man.
1: Yeah, that's really good. You know what I mean? Like, really good.
0: (laughs) And this is why, Noah, leads to my last point here is we can kind of land the plane around this point is like, we have to walk in accountability. Yeah. We have to have a, we have to have deep accountability, like vulnerable accountability where people, whether it's your spouse or friends, but you've got people. That you can be vulnerable with it, you've got real deep community that you can that you can come to them and say like, "Hey, I'm struggling with this," and they won't reject you for it, right? They'll, mm-hmm. That they'll help you come in. Um, someone that meets you with grace and not shame, right? Um, That's good. And I tell our youth leaders oftentimes, Noah, it's like your position with the Lord. I tell our youth leaders this because I want them to know, and and, I, and even our kids this too. But um, but I, but I also want people on our you know our church staff to know it's like your position with the Lord is way more important than your volunteer position or your staff position, mm-hmm. like you keeping your hearts right and pure. And so like, mm-hmm. if there's something, cause oftentimes church staff, volunteers, whatever we get caught up where we, you know, where we're sent, we sin in secret and then we, we get bound by something and then we're afraid to come to leadership because yeah. this will cost me my position. Yeah. Right. I feel
1: like, uh, I, you know, church, for all the church staff listening, but they could probably attest to this, but I feel like, one would think from outside that working on a church staff is like, oh, they're just got their ducks in a row. No, oh, sure. But it could be the exact opposite, of that. and yeah. I, and I think in many times working on a church staff, it's never been harder to feed yourself because you you are
0: you're in it all the it's time. It's so
1: easy for the enemy to deceive you to think that because I'm right, I'm here all the time, mm-hmm. or I'm you know doing ministry all right. the time that I'm getting fed or that I that the Lord is doing a work in me, but in reality, it's like, it could be one of the driest seasons in your life. It's really important that you're self-reflective about that.
0: For sure. And we get really, we like on church staff, oftentimes like we know how to hide our junk, right? We know how to, which is religion oftentimes, but we know how to uh, put on the mask, right? Mm -hmm. We know how to, um, continue on in our ministry position, whether it be pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, media director, whatever. It's like, you know, we get really good at putting them out. Because the fear is like, if I expose this sin, like they're going to reject me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that leadership that we say like, "Um, no way, like I'm not going to reject you. Right. There may be consequences. Sure. But like to always to say like your heart is more important than the position that you hold. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with the Lord is more important than the position that you have. And so we Everybody has to have accountability. really good. The only person you can't lie to is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. Second Timothy 2.22 is one of my favorites. I call it the the 2.22 principle. Uh, Flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call upon God out of a pure heart. And so there's the three principles that we see there. It's like flee youthful lust, run away from sin, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not just running away from sin to run away from sin. We're running towards Jesus. So running towards Jesus is running away from sin, Yeah, right? And so we keep our eyes on Him. And then the last part is, along with those who call upon God with pure heart. And so it's like with people doing the same thing, you know, not mm-hmm. people making excuses for their sins or their idols, but people that you see is they have waged war on their sin, they've waged war on their temptation. Not, not that they're perfect people, but like they have a desire for purity. They have a desire That's so good. to walk it's in crucial holiness. Too. Oh my gosh, so crucial. You have to have those people around you, Um that will call you out that will call you to a higher standard that don't let you live in your dysfunction that don't let you live in your junk like better our wounds from a friend than kisses from an enemy you need people to be like hey dude like you know you're a believer you said this dude but you're a gossip you know Mm. right or you know that you have friends that say like hey dude like i don't know if it's wise that you are you know that you're drinking like that or that you're you know or that you're hanging out in those areas you Mm. know that you're um that you're watching that that you're filling your mind with that, that 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 you know that you're on your phone as much as you are is that you have people so good, in your man. life that can see you see your life and can call you to a higher standard.
1: Yeah. And that's the only I mean it's not the um, the Holy Spirit's the only way, but I'm having guys in my life that do that for me. I don't I don't know how in the world I would be where I am today, you know. Not that I'm like I'm just better off than I was four years ago, and the and the only reason is because I have men in my life that are willing to do that. Oh
0: yeah, you know? no one. Because I wouldn't have Same. done that by myself. Same you know? dude. Same. I love this quote by John Stott. He said, "To teach the standards of moral conduct that adorn the gospel and insist that our hearers heed them is neither legalism nor Pharisaic, but plain apostolic Christianity." And so, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Pick a bone just for a second. I'm going to step on a toe before we're done. (laughs) I want people to know this a spiritual leader confronting you or correcting you is not spiritual abuse or manipulation, it's discipleship. Teaching God's law, teaching people to observe God's law and live it out is not legalism unless it is taught apart from the justification by faith in Jesus, right? But teaching people to obey Jesus to obey his commands, to calling them to that holy standard, isn't legalism, right? Unless you're telling people you have to do this for God to love you, right? But teaching the moral conduct, teaching the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was not being legalistic when he was saying mm. the Sermon on the Mount, right? And it wasn't spiritual abuse or manipulation. It's like, I want you to live the fullest life possible. I want you to be in heaven on earth, and that comes by way of obedience, That comes, which comes by way of abiding but teaching people that is so key, mm, right? Yeah. And so we've been going for, ooh, 37, 38 37. minutes. And so let's land the plane here on part three, right? Okay. Know the Word, know His words, so that we can obey His Word, so Sounds that good. we can be like the Word. Yeah. So, peeps, when you open your Bible, say, God, make me like this Word. Give me your heart. Yeah. Help me to obey you. I want to do Right? I mean, even if there's not a want to, pray that. Pray, God, mm. help me to want to want to obey you. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> it's okay. For real. And then, dude, if you're struggling, keep struggling, man. Right. Stay under the waterfall of grace, good. right? Struggles God, good. God. Even when you fall, like God still loves you. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Mm-hmm. The reason that he rises again is because he understands his righteousness is not based on his merit, but the merit of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Cool. Part three. Part four coming soon. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot more. We do. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Have a good day.